Let's put your hands together for Megan. Hi, my name's Megan Frith now. I've said it wrong like three times this week. Um, <laughs> um, I grew up in Loveland, Colorado, uh, just about an hour from here, um, and grew up in a sister church of ours that is um, that this church came from, and uh, in our movement of churches. I grew up in a really loving Christian home, which I'm eternally grateful for. I know that um, not everybody has that experience, although I know and believe in God's sovereignty in Him giving us each the stories that bring us to Him in our own way. Um, my parents were actually saved when I was five, so they wasn't born into a Christian family, but they got saved when I was pretty young, and they have a really cool story as well, and um, you should ask them about that sometime, because God redeemed them and their marriage, and if it wasn't for that, then I wouldn't be here, and I wouldn't be following God myself, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, praise God for that. Um, so when I was seven, they I remember them bringing me into their room and sharing with me the gospel and, um, you know, a childlike faith that I had. I listened and um, understood that I was a sinner and I had done things wrong and I needed a savior and that Jesus was the only one who could save me. And that night I prayed and I accepted Jesus into my heart as my savior and I believe I was saved that night. Um, since then, I... Um, you know, obviously grew up in a loving environment. I was homeschooled. I didn't ever experience too much craziness in life. Um, went to church every week. Was really involved in teen conferences and mission trips. In fact, went with Daryl Irwin when I was a kid and he was in college. I was 11. But we went to the Ukraine together. And, well, I mean, a bunch of people. But <laughs> um, anyways, it was fun. <laughs> And um, so I had a pretty good childhood, which I'm very thankful for. And yet, um, I, as I grew older, I still struggled with a lot of insecurities. Um, I struggled with, um, you know, my body image and my weight and paralyzing fear. I was a very uh, fearful kid at times. And, of course, always wanting to be loved and accepted by the cool kids in the Christian realm, which for me was Drew Mahali and Amanda Mahali at the time. They were the coolest kids in our church. <laughs> they really, yeah, they still are. <laughs> God, I still have them here to give me the standard. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, anyways, all these insecurities, they followed me into high school when I went to a private Christian school. And this is, it's kind of a weird thing to explain. Every time I explain it, it's just kind of hard to wrap your head around because it's not like anything else I've ever heard of before. It was a really small Christian school really glorified homeschool. There was only like 25 kids there, and um, it was just run by a man and his wife that um, were kind of a branch off of another church from, I don't even know what church it was that had split up and stuff. Um, but anyways, we had heard that it was really, it was a good school, that there was a lot of discipline, and students got a good education, and so um, my parents put me in there, along with my brother, too, and um, Seemed really great at first. Um, over the course of the first two years of high school, though, um, kind of slowly um, started being influenced by the head teacher, who um, in turn kind of decided to take me under his wing, um, which didn't 
you know, didn't seem weird at the time, but um, I didn't realize it, but he was really starting, in essence, to kind of brainwash me into his own religion. And um, he claimed to be a Christian, but everything he taught was mostly his own arrogant philosophies and lording over students and their families. And it was all masked by the Bible and a Christian name. And he spent a lot of one-on-one time with me and was very uh, adamant about being my spiritual leader. Um, Throughout high school, I started becoming a lot like him because he was pouring a lot into me. And... um, thinking that my religion, started believing my religion um, was to put on the front of being the best Christian and pointing out in others what they were doing wrong, and um, he, that, which is what he did and kind of taught me to do. <laughs> um, he, uh, he had such a need for power that he told me that my church wasn't te- was teaching me false doctrine and that even my own parents weren't able to raise me sufficiently. Um, making himself to appear, appear to be the only voice of truth in my life. And it sounds kind of terrifying when you say it like that, and, and it was. But um, at the time, it was so subtle. Everything just seeped in one lie at a time. And I was very influential at that point in my life. I was very trusting and still seeking to be accepted and loved and just took it all, you know, as truth. And um, my parents began to notice a change in me and that I was pulling away. And they would ask me questions and I'd be very vague about what was going on as I just was starting to separate myself from them. And, and um, But secretly in my heart, <laughs> it's crazy saying this, but I know I thought once I graduated that I'd leave everyone I knew and move away and join in with this man in his house church that he had, a small little church of like five people. It was a really low point in my life, and I didn't even realize it, that it was low. And um, I had pushed away all my friends at church, um, even though I was still going because I lived with my parents, um, but thinking that they were a bunch of sinners that I shouldn't be around. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the middle of my senior year, my parents decided to, to talk to my teacher and voice their concerns and try to um, get on the same page. And um, I was there as well. And I was so deceived and wrapped up that um, I only saw my parents were attacking this guy. And um, I was just so crushed because, you know, I was on his side. And um, in reality, he was arrogant and unyielding and never admitted that he had done anything wrong. So after a tearful weekend of my dad seeking God and um, I'll never forget that moment when he came to me and told me that uh, he, you know, trying to protect me, couldn't send me back to that school. And um, I was so devastated because at that time, that was my life. You know, it was my world was wrapped up in him and his beliefs. And without him, I didn't really know who I was. <laughs> um, and so I finished that year being homeschooled, and I couldn't really function, honestly. Um, I... Uh, I just kept to myself, and I really didn't have any more friends because I pushed them all away during that time. And um, essence, I was stripped of everything that I had up until then um, because I didn't know what else to do. Honestly, I turned to the Bible and I decided to see who God said He was instead of what I was influenced to believe. And um, slowly, I started realizing all the places where I was in error. I learned that God was a humble God and perfectly loving and that true Christianity is understanding that I'm a sinful person left um, left to myself. Um, I'm, I don't err 
um, being good, you know, I don't tend towards what is good. I, um, I don't tend towards lo love or being generous or to wish the best of somebody that cuts me off in traffic. <laughs> my default is to do what pleases myself and what is opposite to God's character. And um, being reminded of what a sinner I was and how much I needed someone to save me made me realize that I was in no place to judge anybody else either. And um, I couldn't even save myself. And good deeds would never get me closer to God. In fact, they just puffed me up and made me feel I was better than God, which drove me further away from Him. So, easy. After that, um, I was so thankful for what God did that He saved me. Not only from deceit, even being a Christian, but he saved me from an eternal separation from him. Um, I was so thankful that I just wanted to serve him and honor him. And it was it really was a pure heart from, um, from that thankfulness. And I jumped into helping into my church, setting up chairs and tables and most weeks, anything that they would let me do. And after doing that for a year um, or so... My sister, she kept, at that, that time she was down here in Denver, and she, uh, she kept putting this bug in my ear that I should pray about moving to Denver because they were doing this crazy church plant here, and it was pretty exciting. They had just a small group of people, and she said, you should pray about coming down here, and um, I did. I did pray about it, and I felt that God was leading me to take a, that step of faith, which at that point was a step of faith because I was really content in my church in Loveland at that point. I was like, okay, cool. I found my groove. You know, I'm happy here and serving God. But it was a pretty big step of faith to um, move down here. And um, I really didn't know anybody except for my sister and um, just what she told me about. But So I kind of moved down here pretty short notice, and I moved in with six other girls from the firehouse who welcomed me, and even though I didn't really know them that well, and they didn't really know me. Um, but it wasn't until after I moved in, I found out that all those women had been praying for me before they even knew who I was. Well, me personally. And that's always touched me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, they, prayed, they prayed for Sarah's sister in Loveland, who was in a dark place. And I was so touched by hearing that. I'll never forget what them praying for me did, and my parents praying for me, and my sister praying for me, and um, those um, things. <laughs> I've been crying all day thinking about my story. This is, this is really good for me to be refreshed. And, um, but, yeah, so that those prayers helped change the path that I was on and really was on a path to destruction there. But thinking about our church and my life now... There's a lot of people that um, have been changed here at the firehouse, and um, we're a bunch of sinners here that have been transformed. And it says in the Bible to imitate the faith of others. And I understand anyone who's been burnt by religion, because I have, and um, I can be skeptical of people, you know, and just taking their word for it, you know. But um, but the Bible says that you'll know people by their fruit and the fruit of their lives. And if I was honestly looking back, if I was honest with myself looking back in high school, um, I would have seen the fruit. My teacher's life was only destruction. He separated families and destroyed some of the students' faith, including my brother's for a time. <laughs> um, but the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
And the Bible also says that you'll know the disciples of Christ by their love for one another. And I think that's really demonstrated in our church. And that's really different than what I saw in that man's life. <laughs> um, over the past eight years that I've lived here in Denver, I can, I've continued. You know, it's just been one crazy adventure. Obviously, we never arrive, you know, and I don't believe that <laughs> God's always perfecting us. But um, I continue to learn who God is and what I mean to him and how I can live my life for something eternal that will never fade. And, um, and I don't have any regrets. You know, I don't regret going to that school, even though it was a pretty crazy experience. But um, without that, I wouldn't have the um, understanding of who God is, you know, in a personal way that I do. So, um, and at that point in my life, I look back and I think I could have chosen to walk away from what I was raised to believe at that point, you know. I think a lot of people... Think, oh, I grew up Christian, and maybe it was forced on me, and maybe I didn't have another choice, you know. But I, at that point, I had another choice. I had a choice to leave what um, I was taught to believe, but because of God's mercy and His grace, I've come to know what is true, and through His Word, and um, believe that that is what's truth, and um, I've come to put my faith in it. Uh, so that's. That's my story. <laughs> That's all I had. But um, if anybody has any questions, and I will answer them. Maybe <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks. Hang on. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> any questions? I have a question. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, thinking about uh, this experience you had with the school headmaster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah, that's I definitely did for a while. It took a long time to even ease back into trusting my parents again after the lies that he, you know. But um it was it was honestly God's graciousness to me and it really was a supernatural thing because um I was so deceived that it was only by God revealing things to me and opening my heart that allowed me to even consider, again, like putting myself under someone, you know. And um, so, and, and just being immersed in God's Word and being reminded of truth on a daily basis, you know, and I, it's still something that I struggle with, honestly. But um, I, I think also just talking about when I said earlier about watching and seeing the fruit of people's lives and. Um, I know that no one's perfect, you know, no Christian's perfect, and people do make mistakes, but if the ultimate fruit of people's life is, um, you know, um, doing something for God's kingdom is, is of those fruits of the Spirit, then, then that proves that, you know, they're, they're worth um, imitating. And so, um, yeah, I guess that's, that's pretty much what I say about that. <laughs> Well, I up until that point hadn't really lived independently, so that was a huge step. But 
also living with a bunch of single women that um, pushed me in different ways than my parents did, you know, and my parents ever could because um, it's just different coming from peers sometimes. But um, I, I was really shown a new way of living um, a, a single woman's life for the for the Lord and for the kingdom and laying my life down on, on a regular basis for other women that all wanted to, you know, had different ideas about how the house should look or whatever, you know, that um, on a daily basis or just um, being pushed to stay in the word and um, being kept accountable to going to church in a small group and, you know, when I didn't want to, things like that. So, um yeah, it was a really big transition, but it was it was one of the best things that happened to me and helped me grow my faith because I had to take ownership from that myself and didn't have anyone um, to lean on, I guess. And so I think that needs to happen at some point. Although it's it was good at the time when <laughs> I was at home, but <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. Well, it was a gradual thing, I think, but I do remember the morning that I woke up and I had breakfast with my mom and kind of sat down and was like, you know, and I just like spilled all this stuff about what I realized who he was and I just saw him clearly for who he was and stuff and my mom, I just remember my mom's jaw kind of dropping because they didn't, they pulled me out of that school but they, we didn't really um, have a conversation about because I was so rational and emotional all the time that they just kind of just, just loved on me and wasn't like, here, this is what we did, this is why, you know, because I couldn't really handle it. But God revealed all that to me himself and I came, I just remember that morning when I came up and told my mom all that and she was just like, that's exactly you know, we saw him, what happened, and, you know, but that was just all from God, and so I think it was a gradual, you know, learning, but then there was just one morning when I kind of realized it all and spoke it out loud, so, <laughs> yeah. Can you hmm? share any more about the closure you found with all that and going back, or is that... Oh, yeah. Well... Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't seen that man for eight years, and since that day, you know, I left. And um, but he's kind of always haunted me in a way of like never had closure, gotten to, you know, I don't know, just let him know that I'm following the true God, you know, and that. Um, anyway, so I did. I I took a friend with me because I didn't want to go alone, but um, I went up and kind of just randomly went to the school where he was at and um, approached him and it was pretty scary but um, I wasn't expecting you know what I what I found that his life was in shambles and he um, he had uh, his wife had left him and his life had fallen apart and he had um, come to the realization that he was in sin and he didn't he was deceived too <laughs> so um, it was kind of cool for me to see that he had changed um, even though it took a lot to break him, but um, 
it was it was neat for me to be able to voice myself that uh, you know I had chosen this I, I've chosen this life and this faith and the one that's true in the Bible and just kind of stand up for that I guess in a sense and um, I didn't know at all what to expect on the other end but um, God was gracious and I think on both our ends and he saved that man from doing any more harm than he was doing or stopped him I guess and he um, helped me to kind of get over it a little bit to you know end that part of my life <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> does that experience uh, change your your view of you know education and maybe what you, know, you would do for your kids yeah it definitely does <laughs> I guess um, I don't know. It's I mean, it just it's it's interesting that he it looked so good from the outside until you were like in, you know. It was very had the front of being very religious and very good, you know. So I I would be really careful. I I definitely would like to homeschool my kids because I'd like to you know teach them from you know God's word and stuff. But um, there is a point where you can't shelter kids all the way, you know, and I just, I'm thankful that, um, you know, that God reached my heart, and as much as my parents would have liked to change me themselves, I know that it was ultimately God that changed me, you know, and saved me, and um, so, um, you know, I have to, would have to trust that with my kids too someday, because <laughs> I can't control everything, but I would definitely, yeah, be careful <laughs> what I put them into. Mm-hmm. How did that experience help her hurt your marriage? Oh, oh, what? How did that experience help her hurt your marriage so far in the couple months that you've been married? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, well, I mean, I guess in some ways that it's kind of scarred me in the sense of trusting men a little bit, you know. Um, um, I, I kind of grew to be kind of independent and was able to take care of myself and be my own authority sometimes, you know. Um, so I think that sometimes that is a struggle with thinking, you know, that I'm under a man now. But um, again, it's just God's grace to remember that um, he's sovereign and God's going to use Corey in my life, you know, um, as uh, a good, good thing. <laughs> Ultimately, even when it's hard for me to trust, so, but, um, yeah. <laughs> when you were going through um, difficult times, you know, whether it be the, uh, I guess, the transition, that, well, what did you use? Was there specific verses or? What gave you encouragement to, to, to have faith and to, to, to faithful toward God? Yeah. Well, I really just read a ton of the Bible, and I also was blessed to be part of this uh, a Bible study that my mom was doing. Since I had the time, I wasn't in school anymore. <laughs> I did this this study of the Bible that was kind of like a part-time class, or it was like a class. Um, and so I really just immersed myself in it and, you know, was... Um, was uh, frequent in going to church every week and 
you know, that in and of itself doesn't necessarily, but I was opening my heart to hearing from God, I think, and that was, so when I did hear the word and I did hear sermons on Sunday, it touched me because I was letting it, you know, I was open to it, so, yeah.